and welcome to the Embrace Meaningful Personalization to Maximize Growth Conversations, a Deloitte Digital podcast series about the state of experience personalization today. I'm Leela Shaw Crawford, Managing Director at Deloitte Digital, where I lead our data science, analytics, and personalization offering. And today I'm joined by David Chan, Managing Director at Deloitte Digital, who leads our customer data management offering. Hi, David. Welcome. Hey, Leela. Thank you for having me. So today's episode is about data and how it's an organization's biggest asset for achieving effective personalization. To start us off, I thought we could break down some of the Deloitte Digital research we did recently, where a few months ago, we surveyed several hundred leaders who lead personalization efforts for their companies, as well as hundreds of consumers of those types of brands. And what we found is 71% of B2C leaders say personalization does have a significant or very significant impact on their brand's strategies. Yet, you know, one of the top barriers that most companies cite is data quality, management, and governance. And I'm sure given your experience, that's not surprising. Yeah, I don't think it's very surprising at all. I think it's just confirming a couple of things, right? So when you think about you know, the experience economy or the relationship between brands and consumers, a lot of it feels very transactional these days, right? In terms of, hey, what do you have to offer me? And so everyone's looking for a way to elevate those kind of relationships and, and, and therefore those experiences. And obviously, personalization is key to any customer strategy because everyone is taking a very sort of customer first approach to a lot of things. And when you think about data, data is the proxy of your your best understanding of who a customer is, as well as what they might be doing based on the analysis you can do on the data you can collect about those individuals. And so it's no wonder that if you can't get data quality right, if you can't manage that data or govern how that data is brought into your organization, you're really going to struggle in achieving that personalization ambition you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other piece of it is that while most know that personalization is important and it's a key part of their strategy and their vision, they're not always able to realize or quantify the benefits, you know, which also helps build the traction, investment in some of those areas. You know, over 60 to 70% of the consumers we surveyed said, personalized experiences would lead them to buy more, stay more loyal, improve their overall satisfaction. But, you know, we know that that data and the technical infrastructure, you know, to to provide that level of customer satisfaction is steep. And what feels effortless for customers takes tons of data and analytics experience behind the scenes to get it right. Yeah, I think when you think about the state of personalization for a lot of organizations, everyone knows that, like, no one's going to argue that personalization or investing in personalization is wrong. I think the question becomes, to your point, how much do we invest? Like, if we could spend one extra dollar, where does that go? And in terms of a personalization program, should I be focused on acquiring new customers? Should I be focusing on retaining, you know, existing ones? Is it about expanding Basket size and average order value? Is it about increasing voice of customer reach, you know, with influencers? And so when you think about that, a lot of the ways you get the funding is to show measurable results, which is why attribution and the ability to, to measure success in your efforts becomes more important than ever. 
And, you know, when you think about, you know, your stat around consumers are more likely to, you know, buy more, stay more loyal and improve, you know, their satisfaction with the brand. Once again, it's not, it's not surprising, right? I don't think anyone's Mm -hmm. surprising that, you know, the way I think about it is you go into a like fine dining restaurant and maybe they greet you by your name. That feels like a nice touch, right? You you get in a real good mood. You might tip a little bit more. You might want to come <laughs> back um, again for a second round. Um, but, you know, it, it, and so that that's not a surprising thing that more personalized experiences are, are better versus not. But when you talk about the data and technical infrastructure to do that, feeling steep, I totally agree that personalization programs sometimes feel like that duck or goose or I'm not even sure what the... <laughs> what what animal it is that is maybe it's a swan i think it's a swan that glides effortlessly um you know across the lake but underneath they're thrashing right that that common um example that people give the amount of effort people put into to string together like that experience takes so much effort sometimes um so much coordination and most of the times, I think consumers are disappointed <laughs> at the outcome, thinking, oh, they'd even try. I think, I think they do. I think a lot of organizations actually try really hard. They're yeah. just, they're just struggling because there's a lot of complexity behind it that is really hard to get right. But it's also, to your point, so much more than just recognizing me by my name and email marketing campaigns with Dear Leela. And so collecting that amount of data to really understand what's going to influence my behavior and drive me to convert or to engage further is really the complex part. So when you talk to leaders in this space, what are they doing to build that more authentic and meaningful understanding of consumers through the data? Well, I I think that everyone's been talking about data-driven for a very long time. And I think it's, we're coming to this, this point where, or this like inflection point where people are saying, okay, we're probably need to go all in to be data driven for a couple of different reasons, right? One is what we're doing before isn't going to work for us tomorrow or that for us to really scale things out. You, we have to introduce some sort of automation to really be competitive in, in whatever space that we play in. And so, a lot of people are looking at everything from kind of the whole entire experience, like value chain. And a lot of it, when they say, hey, where do we start from? It's almost always starting from, okay, the data. And specifically around the data, how is data actually being collected? Because if you're collecting data poorly or incorrectly and you misinterpret it, it's garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Once you get the data in, then it's about stitching the data together and saying, well, with all this information, can I actually take that information and understand who this person is? You know, now that you have not only known data, but anonymous data and synonymous, what's your strategy to progressively profile in a consentful and trustworthy way that you can say, hey, this individual who browse my site and this person who went in the store are actually the same people. Um, because if you think they're two separate people, you're probably undervaluing who they are as a customer to you, right? Because they actually spent online and mm-hmm. off offline 
and maybe they deserve some recognition for for that. Then it's about you know expanding around. You know, you mentioned hey, it goes beyond just saying, "Dear Leela," or sending them an SMS promotion. And then finally, I think it's about you know the teams, right? This is really changing how teams had traditionally operated. Most you know advertising and marketing operations teams are fantastic at what they do in terms of the type of experience and the metrics and KPIs you're trying to drive towards. But as soon as you think about this concept of journeys and omni-channel and try to collapse those two and mash them together, all things fall apart because they've traditionally used different types of taxonomies and, 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 and definitions of KPIs and metrics that it becomes really hard to like mash them together. So then the question becomes, what does the next gen operating model look like if you're trying to get teams that are multifunctional, multidisciplinary to work together in driving a common kind of outcome as part of these journeys you're, you're taking your consumers on? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think there's so many different stages that companies are in. Some are at the very beginning where it's just figuring out these journeys aren't linear and starting to remap some of those. There's others that are, you know, more ad advanced and sophisticated, but now how do they start to do that at scale and, and automate and tune them and continue to dynamically react to that, that choose your own adventure idea. So when you look at companies and, and I think the most common question we get is, so where do I start? Or what's next? What would you recommend, you know, is one quick thing that companies can start to do now to get better insights on their customers? If I answer a question anchored from a data lens, I will say that most companies either, they, they often go into extremes. They either say, hey, my data is poor, so I need to invest all my time in trying to foundationally get my data right. And oftentimes, I think that takes people down a boil the ocean approach, where it will take forever and a day to actually get to where you're looking for, because it's just, it's just so massive, like trying to solve like the data foundation and the data. Uh, and, and by the way, this is, it depends on the size of the company, mm -hmm. right? Smaller company, maybe a simpler engagement model with consumers, less Maybe they're traditionally like more digital first. Maybe you can do that. But larger enterprise companies who have more complex uh, engagement models, B2C, B2B, B2B2C, you know, it becomes very hard to try to boil the ocean on the, on the data piece and get all that right. Now, now what about the other end of the spectrum? You have sub companies who've thrown the towel and said, I can't solve the foundational data issues. It's too much. Can't do it. So what's, what's emerged? It's this concept of a semantic model. What's a semantic model? It says, hey, there's all this data <laughs> that's getting generated. I know it's all not mapped to a common language. I'm going to try to transform and remap them into my own internal semantic, let's call it a common language that we agree upon, a new vocabulary. And it's also simple enough for business to understand. The challenge with that approach is that you end up not really solving the issue. You're, you're kind of putting a Band-Aid on top. And it's a very, very, I'll call it flimsy Band-Aid because 
there's so many dependencies there, right? If anything changes on the data ingestion and collection of the data where it changes, it, it basically topples your whole, you know, pyramid that that's landing up to this. And either one end of the spectrum might work better for you, or maybe it's something in the middle. But it's that there is no like one answer for for all. Yeah. And that's unfortunately that's a very consultative answer, but those are the things you need to consider and, and think about what, what fits the right path for you. Yeah. That's what I was just gonna say is that it isn't one size fits all and there's no single linear personalization journey cookie cutter for all companies. It's it comes down to what's their vision, what are they trying to achieve, identity. I mean so many factors. But with that, I you know, I think that's a great point to wrap us up on you know i wanted to thank you so much david for joining me and and thank you all for listening to this episode of embrace meaningful personalization to maximize growth conversations also you can read our report at deloittedigital.com forward slash us forward slash personalization for even more insights from our research thank you and see you next time This podcast is produced by Deloitte. The views and opinions expressed by podcast speakers and guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Deloitte. This podcast provides general information only and is not intended to constitute advice or services of any kind. For additional information about Deloitte, go to Deloitte.com forward slash about.